This is the one and only Magnify Him Together podcast for teens. I'm Tim Young, and I'd like to welcome you to our continuing series on dealing with our emotions and mental health as teens. We've considered how the brain grows and matures all throughout your teenage years, and we've talked a little bit about how to recognize and deal with worry and anxiety. In this episode, we're going to be talking about coping with feelings of sadness. Now, there is nobody in the world who has not felt sad. Everybody hurts. There are a lot of different stresses in our life that can cause sadness. Being in lockdown for so long makes me really sad. Maybe you're disappointed when you failed at something like a test. It might be these feelings are from succumbing to some sort of sin. Sadness can also come from being rejected, especially when you've broken up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend. And then there is grief when someone dies and you have to grapple with your loss. Then there are the times when we have absolutely no idea why we are feeling sad. Whatever the reason, these feelings are common and are actually healthy. Good mental health comes from feeling a full range of emotions, both comfortable and uncomfortable, positive and negative. You see, there's a misconception that being mentally healthy means being happy all the time. It's wrong to think that you should be happy all the time, actually. This is termed toxic positivity or compulsory happiness. There's nothing wrong with being happy, of course, but if that is what we think is the only healthy mindset, then it can cause problems. God gives us no indication in his word that he wants us to be happy all the time. Just read through the Psalms and you'll find a roller coaster of emotions. One Psalm might be full of sadness and the next is full of happy feelings. That's life. God does want us to be joyful, but joy is not cheerfulness or always having a smile on your face. Joy is a feeling of contentment in whatever state you're in. It's the ability to sing hymns while you're in prison and your feet are in stocks. You know, just pick up that book, Genius of Discipleship by Dennis Gillett, and read the chapter on joy, and you'll see what I mean. Joy can be experienced while suffering. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10 says, As sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as having nothing and yet possessing all things. You see, he said, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing. Joy is what brings us stability through the good times and the bad. What I'm saying is you should not be expecting to feel happy all the time. There is a time to feel sad, and you should welcome it. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 4 says, There is a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. Now, Ecclesiastes is the book to read. I would really recommend as a young person, you just sit down sometime and read the book of Ecclesiastes from beginning to end without stopping so you get the full impact. Listen to this passage right in the middle of the book, found in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verses 2 through 4. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. If you meditate and ponder on those words, I think you'll find them to be true. There is something better in sorrow 
and the house of mourning than always seeking to party and have a good time. There was a brother named L.G. Sargent who had a way with words, and he wrote this in his book on Ecclesiastes. That there is a time for laughter as well for weeping, a time for dancing as well as for mourning, the preacher has already declared. But he is here concerned to turn upside down the judgment of human nature, that the dancing is always a good to be sought and the mourning an evil to be shunned. In so doing, he expresses a profound psychological truth. All down the ages, and never more than today, the pleasure seekers have tried to cover over their fears with a crust of hysterical mirth. Any psychiatrist could say what happens when the crust breaks. Where then should a man's heart be? Now that was written in 1965, but it's even truer today. I believe that it is our society of entertainment that has exacerbated the problems. We live in a world where we can have entertainment constantly streamed to us. We don't have to be bored or blue. Just around the corner is a comedian to make us laugh. The sad reality is that so many popular comedians are some of the saddest and loneliest people on the planet. They try to overcome by living in this house of mirth all the time. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't laugh or seek happiness, but we should be balanced in our sadness and happiness. Consider what can happen if we don't allow for feelings of sadness. It can cover over real feelings that we need to talk about and deal with. It can cause unnecessary shame or guilt when we feel sad. Maybe this positive toxicity will cause you to avoid or hide from uncomfortable feelings. In all actuality, suppressing unpleasant feelings is not good for your mental health or your physical health. Ignoring it does not make it go away. It only makes it last longer. It can turn you into this pressure cooker of anxiety. We need to be able to accept and talk about our emotions to friends and family. We need to accept that a person is feeling sad, and it's not a bad thing. This is especially hard for parents because they want their kids to be happy. But being able to talk with your parents about what makes you sad is really important for them to understand and to help. Have you ever felt sad and then a sad song comes on the radio and it makes you feel better? Isn't that strange? How does commiserating in sadness help? When a friend or a family member comes to us sad, expressing their feelings, we shouldn't just brush them off or make a joke over it or be tempted to say, just snap out of it or keep a stiff upper lip. And we often do that because we don't know what to say, right? We want them just to be happy, but sometimes the best we can do is to commiserate with those who suffer. Paul said in Romans chapter 12, verse 15, Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. That's the best advice. Listen, seek to understand, and share in the emotion. Don't feel like you have to have all the answers. Usually all a person needs is to let it off their chest and to confide in somebody they trust. Sadness is an emotion. It is brief, and as we've seen, it is to be expected. Welcome it, as it will make the heart better, as it says in Ecclesiastes. Now, up to this point, I've been very careful not to use the word depression. Depression is a lot different than sadness. There's sadness in depression, 
but depression is so much more. Elisa has come to be recognized as such in our day and age, and I, I think it's a helpful thing. Essentially, when you are sad, which is a normal emotion, you will feel that way for a few hours at a time. After a negative experience, your mood changes, and at most it may last for a few weeks. Over time, it gets a little better by itself. Depression, though, is a mental illness. It affects most areas of your life. There are a variety of symptoms that constantly and consistently last for most of the day for weeks, at least over two weeks. When you're depressed, the things that used to bring you joy or cheered you up don't help anymore. You feel constantly exhausted and have a loss of motivation. Sadness persists, causing distress and anxiety. Your sadness is caused by a particular experience and is normal and healthy emotion, as we've talked about, even though it is unpleasant. But depression often occurs without any apparent reason. It can be triggered by a host of different things and experiences, but you just can't put your finger on it. Depression, it causes a lack of concentration. You don't eat right. You're exhausted. You can't sleep. And then your self-esteem takes a big hit. That is, you're not confident in yourself. There are feelings that nothing will ever be right again. And you have negative feelings towards yourself, like you're a mistake or you're worthless. And finally, the worst part is you might think about harming yourself or committing suicide. So any of those symptoms is depression. And hopefully you don't feel that way. But if you do, then you have an illness. You need to gather your courage and talk to your parents and decide what needs to be done. If you had broken your arm, that is what you would do because you need medical help. And suffering from depression is the same thing. Sometimes our brain gets out of whack and we need help. That is what we will talk about in our next episode depression, recognizing when sadness goes from bad to worse so we can get help and help others. Thanks for your time. We'll see you in the next episode.